1: This This is the the Devil's Devils State of of Mind Podcast, Podcast. Podcast. brought to you you by the the Hockey hockey Podcast 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 Network. Now here's here's your host, 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 Neil Neil Villapiano.
0: Devil's fans, we are very excited to welcome on our first guest of the offseason. I told you guys that we are going to have a lot of different guests Coming on this podcast throughout the off season, talking about all different things involving your New Jersey Devils. And our first guest today is a very good friend of mine who I've gotten to know while working with Sports Wire Radio. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on a big Devils fan like myself, Mister Justin Gianelli. Justin, first and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Neil, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem, man. Thanks for coming on and spending some time with us. So. The first question that I like to ask a lot of my guests, especially when I got, you know, other fans like yourself on here is, how did you become a fan of the New Jersey Devils?
1: Well, for one, it didn't hurt that the Meadowlands was literally right in my backyard, um, you know, being, you know, within five minutes of uh, then known as Continental Airlines Arena. And then the uh, job, the job my mom worked for actually had a company suite. Uh, at the continental airlines arena so they'd occasionally get tickets and when mm-hmm. i was young i used to go to games uh, i would say around the first time i went to games was the was actually the 99 2000 season okay so, um i went to a couple of games that year and that really got me into watching hockey and it, that's kind of how i became a devil's fan they were the first they were the first they were local a b and b they were the first hockey team i watched so you know that that's kind of what got me into it and It didn't hurt that they won the Stanley Cup that year, Um, you know, and, you know, they had they had a Hall of Fame goaltender in the midst of a run and a great core of players, including Danico and Stevens and Niedermeyer. So, you know, that that really drew me into becoming a Devils fan for sure.
0: I love that because, again, it's it's always interesting to talk to Devils fans and people who have, you know, involvement with the team as to how they became a fan of the team and, you know, what their backstory is. And that's – and, hell, you got involved with the Devils at a pretty good time considering that uh, that was during – that was basically in the middle of their uh, championship run, their, their run of dominance and a lot of success in right. the National Hockey League. So that is, um, that is very, very cool. Now – the next question I have for you, Justin, is this as a fan and be as honest as you possibly can be. When you look at the last decade of Devils hockey between when we got bounced in the Stanley Cup Finals in game six against L.A. to now, what is your overall feeling? Because we've talked about this a couple of times, you know, on social, but give the, the listeners a little bit of an idea from a fan's perspective, how you are feeling about how the Devils have been over this past decade.
1: Uh, I think it could easily be stated as frustrated, you know, it, it, but it goes to show you and, and you look around the NHL. Now you look at the postseason. you, you look at uh, these goaltenders that could win games. Mm-hmm. And we as devil fans were very fortunate for 20 plus years that Marty Brodeur was back there in net. And, you know, they have not been able to replace Marty Brodeur. You know, there was all, there was a lot of hype about bringing in Corey Schneider and, you know, when he, when he was healthy, Corey Schneider was pretty solid, but yeah. health was always an issue. And then you know we we have a young kid in Mackenzie Blackwood mm-hmm. performs well when healthy, can't stay on the ice. So right. it's really been a revolving door in net for the Devils. I mean, they look they started, I believe, seven different goaltenders this season. Mm-hmm. And you know you you can never make the playoffs, you know, with that formula. So right. I mean, to, to state it, it's been in a it's been a frustrating last decade. I mean the only. I mean the only reason why the Devils have one playoff appearance is because they, as Taylor Hall carried the team that season, he won the Hart Trophy uh, deservedly so,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know they were they were no match for the Tampa Bay Lightning, so uh, they haven't had that sustained success, and obviously they finally went through a regime change. You know after mm-hmm. all those years, you know Lou Lamorella moved out of the front office, you know into a new voice. You had. Ray Shiro had some okay moves, uh, some frustrating moves. And then now you have Tom Fitzgerald, who, you know, coincidentally enough was his his assistant. Right. And is now, you know, is now the full-time GM. So I guess you see, like, there's a little bit of stability and a little bit of hope going forward. But, you know, you you get spoiled watching the team go to the playoffs every year in the early 2000s to, you know, Pretty much up until 2012, I think they'd only missed like one playoff appearance in like almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. For the, uh, you know the year after the Stanley Cup Finals right. loss, it's it's obviously been a difficult decade. So you know, here's here's the hoping that this is the start of something with a lot of the young core that they have on this current roster.
0: And folks, you can you can tell by, you know, the, the way Justin was talking about again, it is very frustrating and you guys all know from listening to my episodes over the last couple of years how not only frustrating but how aggravating um this team has made a lot of Devils fans. I mean, I never thought we'd get to the point where people would literally be wearing paper bags At games, I mean, I've seen that in other sports. I've seen it with other teams, but you never think that it could get to that bad um, with your own team. And uh, I think this year proved in a lot of ways that uh, there are still a lot of things that need to change that need to improve moving forward in order for this team to really truly get back to a level that they were at when they were constantly making the playoffs and competing for Stanley Cups and kind of staying on that topic, Justin out of all the things that have, you know, what, whether, you know, in one way or another have frustrated uh, devil's fans and frustrated the organization and, and prevented them from doing things in order to become more successful. What is the one thing in your opinion that you feel like is the biggest black eye or biggest problem with the devil's organization as a whole?
1: Well, nobody's going to like this answer because it's the one, it's the one answer that really can't change. It starts with ownership. Honestly, it starts with ownership. I just don't feel like ownership gives you that urgency of winning. You know, Mm -hmm. they, you know, they don't seem concerned about the low attendance numbers. They don't seem concerned that the team is constantly at the bottom of the standings. Um, You know, and this is, this is a group, an ownership group, that you know, co- also co-owns the Philadelphia 76ers. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw Blitzer trying to get involved in another franchise.
0: Yeah, uh, um, Joshua Harris and uh, yeah. Blitzer were involved in acquiring um, the Cleveland Guardians in Major League Baseball. Um, I believe they also have um, ownership to some degree of Crystal Palace in uh, English Premier Soccer. They almost were able to purchase Manchester City, apparently. So... As I've mentioned before numerous times, Justin, that the ownership group doesn't have one singular focus. It's more of a focus on their entire brand as a whole.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and it's hard to own multiple. It's hard to own multiple sports franchises. Now, one person who's doing it successfully, and it's it's evidenced by a what they're doing in the NHL playoffs, and mm-hmm. B what his team just did by winning the Super Bowl, and that's Stan Kroenke. Mm-hmm. Now, Stan Kroenke owns both the Nuggets and the Avalanche. Right. And he also owns the Los Angeles Rams. The Nuggets were a playoff team. They're a consistent playoff team year after year. Um, The Colorado Avalanche (laughs) are are the prohibitive favorite to win not just the Western Conference, but the Stanley Cup. Right. You know, you could argue maybe Florida or Tampa. You could. And the the L.A. Rams just won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, it really is difficult to own multiple franchises. It just goes to show you that what he's doing is so amazing and makes it that much harder on a franchise that doesn't do a lot of investing in their you know in their organization to to see a, a clear path going forward. Yeah, and I think
0: ownership is definitely something that a lot of us have been frustrated with and have talked about numerous times. Um you know the the only positive that you can say is that they have shown at least in recent times that they are willing to spend a pretty decent amount of money, considering the money they gave Nico Heischer, the in his extension. The same thing with Jack Hughes and the money that they gave to Dougie Hamilton. Now, right. Tom Fitzgerald spoke about when he was talking with Pierre LeBrun from the Athletic a couple months ago about he does want to make another big splash in free agency. Now, whatever whoever that might be, whatever position we're talking about, is going to probably end up requiring a lot of money. And as I checked this out earlier today, the Devils have about. $25 million in cap space before any re-signings or anything like that. And that includes guys like, you know, restricted free agents, Miles Wood and Jesper Bratt. So obviously the devils will still have a pretty hefty chunk of cap space to use for a team that has their core set and is uh, looking to strike um, and really begin that, you know, playoff slash championship, um, window, but again, and that, it, incl- listen- and
1: that includes Subban coming off the books, right? Exactly.
0: Yes, Subban yeah. is off the contract, is off the books now. You know, with the nine million dollars, that's why the cap space for the Devils skyrocketed so much all of a sudden. Because again, that, the the Subban contract of nine million dollars AAV for the last couple of years is now off the uh off the uh, table, and it, it's kind of impressive from Tom Fitzgerald's perspective to still be able to acquire you know a high end talent like Dougie Hamilton despite still having to pay Subban. Uh, well right. over nine million dollars. So that that give that uh, a lot of credit. Certainly goes to him. But uh yeah, obviously the Devils do need to continue to make improvements goaltending wise. I certainly think top six scoring. I think they need to add an impact player. And I'd like that, to see them take yeah. care of
1: Jesper Bratt too.
0: And yeah, I, and I think that Jesper Bratt is probably the number one priority going into yeah. the offseason. I think that's something that. Gerald is going to probably try to get done sooner rather than later so that he can focus on everything else. Right. Plus, the doubles also have the second overall pick going into the draft, so it adds another opportunity to either trade the pick to get an impact player or to just draft another elite player to have in your farm system to just continue to build that long-term. Now, the next question I have for you, Justin, is one that um, it's kind of – People's opinion has kind of gone up and down with this. There are people that have defended it, and then there are people that have not. But I wanted to get your take because I, I think we've talked about it a little bit. What is your overall feeling about, uh, number one, Lindy Ruff coming back for a third season as the Devils head coach and also the Devils, instead of firing the whole staff, just firing uh, assistants uh, Mark Recchi and Elaine Nazardine? <laughs>
1: um i was a little bit surprised and i was a little bit disappointed i I thought it was time for a different voice in the coaching room altogether. so i i felt like it was better to completely clean house than just do it halfway and i feel like this is kind of just ripping a band-aid off now you could you could say that it was time for mark rickey and elaine nazardy to move on i mean you know, Recky was in charge of the special teams, and yeah. the special teams was absolutely dreadful all season long. I mean, it might have been one of the worst power plays I think I've ever seen in NHL history. It was pretty but, bad. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Tom Fitzgerald still has belief that Lindy Ruff is the right voice for these players. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, there have been players who you know came out vocal in support of Lindy Ruff. So, I mean, they're they're willing to run it back one more time at least with Lindy and, you know, maybe put some some coaches who could really help the special teams and a, a better assistant coach. I mean, I mean, Elaine Nazardine's been through the ringer. You know, he, he took over, um, I believe it was when they fired John Hines. Um, uh
0: Well, Elaine Nazardine or Lindy
1: Ruff? Yeah, Nazardine.
0: Yeah, Nazardine took over as the interim. As the interim, um, and, um, and then he stayed, he
1: stayed He stayed on the staff when they hired Correct. Lindy Ruff. Yep. So he, he's really been through the ringer over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. – um i think it's just time for a, a couple of some fresh voices and you know i would have liked to have seen a whole staff change but you know if they, if they believe in lindy then you know then then at least the organization has like his back
0: yeah i think you i think that's that's a very very fair way to look at it because again Even throughout the regular season, there were a lot of Devils fans out there that were either go, you know, when you go on Devils Twitter, you could see it. There are are people that were defending Lenny Ruff and saying that it's unfair the amount of adversity that Ruff has had to deal with in just the two years he's been here. Um, But at the same time, the job of a coach is to put the team in the best position to succeed, regardless of who's on the ice. And sometimes I wondered if the team just kind of tuned him out or they gave up on him and they would, you know, they would just completely collapse and it would be, and usually I would notice it either when we're already getting killed as the game starts, like not even five minutes in, it's already two nothing, or we have a big time lead or a relatively big lead. And we just, we can not even slowly, we can just steadily see it falling apart and Lindy rough, not doing anything. I, go back to the game against Florida late in the season. That's exactly exactly what I was thinking about. Right. We're up by four goals in the third period. and I think
1: it was was 6-2 to start the
0: third. It was 6-2 to to start the, the third period, and we completely collapsed, and Lindy Ruff did nothing to stop it. He didn't call a timeout. He didn't do anything. He just allowed it to happen, and... It was one of those games where, it was one of the many games, honestly, where you wondered to yourself, how in the world does Lindy Ruff keep his job after this? Right. And especially when you end the season on a six-game losing streak, you go 0-5-1 in the last six games and things like that. It's it's very head-scratching in a way that Lindy Ruff stays on. And you look at the potential options for head coach in this offseason, Barry Trotz, Kind of a pretty big surprise that he was like go by, yeah. the, by the Islanders. Paul Maurice, who, you know, granted, he wanted time away from the game. Maybe he still wants to come back at some degree. Uh, Pete DeBoer, who did coach the Devils, and I'm not the biggest fan of because of his system after a while gets very stale and doesn't have long-term success. Um, Trust is, me, we've all had
1: our issues with Pete DeBoer at times. Right,
0: exactly, exactly. Devils fans, Sharks fans, and Golden Knights fans can all attest to this to the Pete DeBoer um, experiment. And obviously there are other guys out there that we, we did not mention, um, assistant coaches and things like that that could be like that. But it, it seems like that uh, Tom Fitzgerald wants to live and die by Lindy Ruff, which to me is, I think, somewhat of a mistake because I, I as I've mentioned before several times, now that Lindy Ruff is definitely coming back and Fitzgerald, you know, made that decision, I think both of their jobs are on the line going into the 2022 2023 season because oh, yeah. ownership has talked about several times. They want to start winning. And the Devils, not only have they not won, they haven't gotten close, as we know, as we all know. Fourth right. overall pick last year, second overall pick this year. I mean, we're not even, we're out of it by January. And well, and
1: team. if I'm not mistaken, I think they had like the fourth or fifth best odds going in. So they like they had like the fourth or fifth fewest points. They had the
0: fifth best odds going into the so draft lottery. The, last so they night. had
1: the fifth fewest points in the entire league, which goes right. to show you how far away. I mean, I mean, they were they were a good thirty to thirty five points out mm-hmm. of the last playoff spot. I mean, that's that's just unacceptable. That that's a quarter of the season.
0: Exactly. And uh, again, look, there were things that went out that were out of the devil's control after a while when, you know, how do you how do you constantly bounce back from having to play seven different goaltenders throughout the season? I mean, we started the year with Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. We ended the season with John Gillies and Andrew Hammond. I mean, that's that right there tells you a lot. And while I would say the core is definitely improved. I mean, we had four different 20 goal scorers, which I don't even remember the last time we we had that type of success. There is still uh, room for improvement. And we have yep. guys in the system, in the farm system. And there's also availability for, you know, top notch talent in free agency and even in trades. And um, like I've said before, I fully expect Tom Pichot to be relatively active this offseason. He has to be, he has to. and he's talking a big game. Well, he's got to back it up and he's got to do everything he can to give Lindy Ruff everything he needs possible to get this team into the playoffs Did, We can't, the Devils can't even finish a point or two out of the playoffs next season. It has to be, they have to be one of the final 16 teams uh, when the regular season is over next year, because Damon Severson said in his end of the season presser, the rebuild is over. Well, the only way to determine that, the only way to prove that is to get into the playoffs and say, we are no longer at it. Look at the LA Kings. The LA Kings have made it clear that their rebuild is over. That now they have their core ready. They made the playoffs and went seven games with Edmonton. It's very, very impressive. The Rangers—they didn't necessarily rebuild. I would say that they more retooled, considering the moves that they made. But still, they got back into the playoffs. They came back from three-one against Pittsburgh, and now we're now are in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, so, but
1: look at but, look, but you, the two teams you just mentioned. What's a common theme? Goaltending. That's The, true. the Rangers true. have a young a young star in in Igor Shesterkin, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Quick. In certain games, turned back the clock. He I mean, he, he might be 36 years old, and that might be a position of need for them within the relative near future, but they do have a young core that still will go. I know Dustin Brown's retiring, but, you know, still have on Jacob Pitar. You'll And remember, they, they played seven games without Drew Dowdy. Right. They're their best defensemen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what Todd McClellan did to go toe-to-toe with Edmonton and be that close, I mean, they were in it all game. They were down. Right. The first they goal only came lost late in the second. Exactly. And so I mean it just goes to show you exactly what the devils need to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people could say both the Rangers and the Kings arrived a year early. That's you know, and, and the and the Rangers had this monster regular season. The Kings had a really good regular season, but both teams you could say they arrived a bit they arrived a year early.
0: I think that's a very fair point. And um, I think when we look at the devils, it's they can't even arrive um a year too early this has to next year has to be that year i think the rest of the league is probably expecting that as well i mean we've heard it throughout the year about oh the future is very bright with the devils look at what they've been able to build they're building a juggernaut and it's like well when does the future become the present you know what i mean like when does it when do we stop talking about what could potentially be looking ahead instead instead start focusing on what do we have now and what can we do to win now and i think that the devils have to find ways to win games next season that maybe they're not expected to win because that's going to be, to me, the difference between them getting into the playoffs and not. And as I said last year, as I said, at the end of this season, and I'll say it again, I'm not going to get hopeful or super excited about this team, regardless of who's on it until it's February. And we're still fighting for a playoff spot. That's the way I look at it. I can't, you can't get excited in November when we're seven, three and two and start thinking that this team is different than any other year only to by the time we hit January, the season is over and we're just we're just going through the motion. So I think that there's still a lot to be desired. There still is a lot of things that need to change uh moving forward. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets. No matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now. Justin, over the weekend, uh, or actually earlier this week and also on the weekend, we got two uh, bits of news that involved the New Jersey Devils. One involving their um, their president and also one involving their longtime play-by-play voice. The first one is uh, Hugh Weber stepped down as president of HBSE. Um, from my sources, I can only say just from my sources that it sounded like it was a discontent between Hugh Weber and the ownership group that Hugh Weber wanted to really, really start winning and that HBSC was more in, more patient with it. And then Hugh got discouraged by whatever conversation he had and ultimately decided to leave. Um, so there's that. And then the news that kind of rocked the devil's world uh, was Steve Cangelosi announcing, well, more or less the devil's, with in conjunction with Steve Cangelosi, that Kangelosi would no longer be the play-by-play voice on MSG for the New Jersey Devils. He would stay on on MSG for the Red Bulls, I think, for the remainder of the season. And I think there's the very likely possibility that he may just end up retiring altogether or doing more nationally televised soccer games because he is very well liked on ESPN doing major league soccer. Um, so this is kind of a 2 part question for you, Justin. First and foremost – how do you think uh, Hugh Weber resigning? I guess we could put it that way affects the team overall and affects the organization.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing: it's it's very concerning to hear that ownership's a little more patient about the whole winning when Hugh Weber seemed to seem to be very adamant that hey, this team needs to start winning because he's right. This team needs to start winning. We just mm-hmm. we just went over for like the last ten minutes that you know, this, this team has to make the playoffs next year. Uh, no matter what you think of what the roster is at this moment, Devils have to find their way into the, in the postseason. So that goes back to my point before of how much does ownership really care about winning, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, the, and you know, how they fill the, you know, how they fill the role, you know, who they put in that position. I'm not sure, but you know, let's go. It's, it's time to start moving forward. So, um, uh, that 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 concerns me a lot. That mm-hmm. there's a disconnect between a, a pre an outgoing president who said this team needs to start winning and an ownership who said, "Well, let's wait and see a little bit more. Let's be a little patient." So well, they do that, have the
0: 76 so maybe they feel like the trust the process thing is still.
1: Yeah, but how long are we gonna trust the process for?
0: Right, exactly. Um,
1: and two, exactly. You, you said it best. I mean, it was a, it was a shock to hear at. Steve Cangelosi stepping down. You know yep. he, he's been the voice for the last eleven years. You heard him on pre and post games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when Doc Emmerich was still doing the games, you know I didn't in for Doc, but I don't. You know, it's, you know we'll we'll see what direction they go in with that. But you know it's definitely a shock. You know I'm going to miss him. I like, you know he he always brings great energy to the game, and you know he's he's always been a terrific announcer. So mm-hmm. you know I wish him the best, but. You know, we'll see where the Devils go from here um, with the MSG telecasts.
0: You know, the whole thing about Hugh Wepper stepping down is concerning because if you remember last year, Scott O'Neill, who was involved with HBSE, also uh, stepped down right. um, last season. And then now you have Hugh Wepper stepping down this year. And so there, there seems to be in a way some, not some, but a decent amount of uh, instability within the organization. Now, how much does that affect the New Jersey Devils it may not affect them as much as maybe we all think. Um, But, you know, again, the way that the organization has been run, we kind of catastrophize literally anything that we get notified of. Um, So that could be, that certainly is a concerning thing. And we'll see what the devils decide to do uh, with regards to that, to that uh, vice president role. I believe Jake Reynolds is still, um, is still with the devils at this moment, as far as I know. So Jake Reynolds is still there. Um, And then you talk about Kanji. I mean, again, I think it's easy to say for Devils fans that we've been spoiled for the last 30-plus years with Doc doing it for so long, and then we have a almost a seamless transition from Doc to Kanji Six for the next once. 11 years. Yep. And now we're in a situation where another part of that old era has kind of come to an end from brought even from a broadcasting standpoint it's mm-hmm. obviously not going to affect the devils on the ice by any means right. it will certainly mean that that we're going to be hearing a completely different voice uh, I believe Ken Danico is still going to be uh, the color um, analyst uh, right. but it is kind of interesting to see what the devils decide to do um, moving forward and what they decide for that. Um, I, be- I firmly believe that this was more of Kanji's decision than the Devils. I think Kanji probably notified the Devils towards the end of the season that he was going to do this. And they wanted to uh, just wait till the season ended and kind of everything the dust settled and then kind of um, make that uh, announcement public. And uh, again, comes as a surprise and certainly yeah. somewhat, not a disappointment, but kind of a sad thing of like, okay, again, we are really moving into a new era of Devils hockey with, you know, new announcers, um, you know, different people now working within the organization, new players, just a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I know that there are people that also don't like Kanji for, for, for how he broadcasted. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. 100%. Yep. Uh, I will certainly miss Kanji and, and uh, Justin, and I definitely wish him nothing but the best moving forward. Agreed. And uh, we're all looking forward to seeing who the Devils decide to bring. Well, not the Devils, cause it's not really their, decision more or less it's more of uh madison square garden network to make that decision um and my guess is that they probably already have somebody in place or have one in mind but probably we may not know until a couple of months from now who knows i think there's still again we are still into the early stages of the offseason we're only into the second round of the stanley cup playoffs a yep. lot of things are still going on from the 21-22 season. We're not, the NHL fully is not into 2022-23 until probably, um let would say, give it a month and a half, you know, once the Stanley Cup finals goes through and we're into the NHL draft and things like that. So, yeah, again, the devil's continuing to uh, grab some headlines, um, so to speak now. Justin, my last question for you, my friend, and, and again, thank you so much for coming on here today. We, we really appreciate it. It's simply this. Absolutely. What is your message to the Devils organization at this point? When you look at what where the team has gone the last decade, where it's gone even the last couple of years, knowing what the expectation should be moving forward, what do you tell ownership uh general manager standpoint coaching player what do you tell the entire devils organization going into next season um to get to to really get your point across
1: i think they just have to figure out uh stability uh, and i'm not and i'm talking about on the ice and i mean it start and it starts with the goaltender i mean like i said you look around these playoffs you look you look at the goaltenders that are left you have igor sturkid Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I I believe Freddie Anderson will return tonight and, you know, and start for the Hurricanes. If not, Mm -hmm. you know, Antti Ranta is a solid backup. I mean, you have, you know, you have teams that have solid goaltending. And, you know, Tampa Tampa has has Vasilevsky and um, Florida Sergei Bobrovsky. All these teams that are left have really solid goaltending. The only team left that you probably argue is shaky goaltending is Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And with, my, with Mike Smith, I don't fully trust Mike Smith, but right. The playoffs are about having great goaltending and mm-hmm. the devils should know that all too well because of what Marty bordor provided this franchise, taking this team to five Stanley Cups, winning three of them. you know, countless playoff appearances. So you need to build your structure inside out. The, D, the decor has gotten better. You know, you added you added Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves. They provided, you know, really good support for the for the defense last year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you'll have to replace PK Suban. And, you know, there's a lot of young players coming up through the farm. I mean, I, I mean, clearly the Devils have a decent farm system. Utica's in the playoffs. Right. So game I five mean, on Thursday. Yeah, so I mean there's sure. there's there's clear there's clearly talent within the organization. So it's time to manifest that at the at the top level it's time mm-hmm. to manifest that at the nhl level it's time to you know bring in you know whether they use the free agency for a top end goaltender or trade for the goaltender mm-hmm. or you know vice versa trade for a forward and sign you know sign a goal who knows yes yeah. but again you need to have that stability in that you know we thought going into last season that they'd have that because we were all excited about Jonathan Bernier signing because it was a veteran NHL backup who you know could go in there and win some games. Right, you well, get he gets hurt,
0: right.
1: you know, and and Mackenzie Blackwood wasn't fully you know healthy from that hip mm-hmm. injury, and and that's the other thing you got to figure out where he's at physically, you know, because he's he's good when he's on the ice, but he's not been able to stay healthy. So I mean, it's really just. If you're the Devils or ownership, if you're the front office like Tom Fitzgerald, you gotta look around the league. You gotta right. look at you gotta look at the playoffs, and you gotta look at what teams are doing mm-hmm. and why and why they got there. So, I mean, I think that's my biggest message.
0: Well, I absolutely love it, Justin. I think you nailed a lot of a lot of things on the head, Matt. And uh, again, before we let you go, I do this with all my guests. Uh, let the folks at home know where they can find you, um, and anything you got going on and, uh, you know, to get some more people to, uh, listen to your content, man. So the floor is yours.
1: Thanks, man. So, uh, my personal Twitter, it's usually what I use to engage in social media at JG and 12. Um, I more so talk about, uh, baseball. I have a baseball podcast, baseball banter. Uh, at bball banter sm is the twitter page for that so that's really um where you can connect with me um on my personal twitter we could talk all sports especially nhl talk about the devils the rest of the rest of the nhl playoffs Mm -hmm. which i've been all over so you know it's uh it's a good time hopefully next year at this time you know we're talking about a devil's game right yeah that's what it needs to be
0: Absolutely, man. Well, uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. We really appreciate it. And we will definitely have you on again um, in the future here on the podcast. But again, thank you so much uh, for doing this, man. We appreciate it.
1: Neil, thank you for having me.